Blog Talk Radio. after winning the championship, and I think he's just going to sit back, 
guide this team through and, and really have a great Olympics. And it'll be fun for the people uh, there in London to see him play and, and, you know, people around the world to see what great players these are, just like Kevin Love. Definitely good U.S. basketball team, and I think they have a couple more exhibition games left before they play their first game in Olympics versus France. I'm not sure. I think they have one more game versus Argentina in the, in the exhibition. I think they played today, and they they won uh, not a great margin of victory, 86-80. to 80. Uh, I know Stan, when he comes on, he'll probably talk a little bit about that, but uh, they did play today, and... Uh, then uh, I I think they might have one more game, and then you're right, they do play France in the opening game in the Olympics. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of good international players playing on all these teams, so it should be a lot of fun to watch. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I think playing playing Argentina was a good was a good test. They've got a lot of NBA stars on there: Carlos Delfino, Andres Nocioni, Scola, Ginobili. They got they got solid NBA players on that team, and I think it was a good tune-up test for the USA. Absolutely, I I, I totally agree, uh, and uh, I think that uh, there is plenty of competition out there. It's just that the other teams, Jovan, I think you would agree, don't have the depth to stick with the USA. But there's so many talented players around the world right now that are going to be playing in the NBA or are right now and are going to be very good players. Definitely very good. And on the line, we're about to put them on the line. The legend at, at the University of Oregon, the father of Kevin Love, Stan Love, is on the air joining us live here on the East-West Hoop Soup. Stan, Stan how, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How's it going, We're doing Javon? great. Doing good, just... thank you. Good, good. We're doing we're doing great, and we're so thrilled that you would take your valuable time to come on with us. And I know Javon has plenty of questions for you, Stan. But let's start out with the old timers, you and I here. Uh, Stan, what was it like? Uh, you know, for you, you were drafted not only ninth in the NBA draft, but you were drafted by the. Uh, Dallas Chaparrales, and I believe the Texas Chaparrales before you even finished school. That had to be a big thrill for you when you were playing at Oregon. Well, it was, uh, but at the time the uh, the ABA, which they called it, didn't really have the you know the punch or the class that the NBA had. So even though I did get drafted, I think before my senior year. Uh, you know, it's still a, a like a B league. Yeah, and I think that um, it, it, you know they were trying to get as many talented players as they could. They weren't succeeding at that time, so they grabbed onto everything. But but you had a good run and some really good stats with the uh, Washington Bullets and the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in your NBA career. And I think. There's just something stand about when you put that Laker uniform on. It's like the Yankees or or in football putting on the 49ers or Pittsburgh Steelers. There's just something always to remember there. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially because I grew up in Inglewood there and went to Morningside High School uh, in L.A. and watched the form being built and and would drive over and watch them put up the pillars and dig the hole and, 
and then you know to to grow up on Jerry West and then it finally end up on a team with Jerry was just you know spectacular. Although have you guys, gentlemen, have you read Jerry West's book? Uh, we haven't. Uh, I haven't yet. Shamefully on me. Did you enjoy it, Stan? Uh, I could only read about five pages at a time, and I'd get so depressed I'd have to put it down for a while. But it's it's a fascinating book, and I've gained a you know a different perspective of what Jerry went through in his childhood. It wasn't it wasn't so pretty. Yeah, that's always tough when you learn about what somebody's gone through, and it also makes them you know a lot stronger when they grow up if they can get through it and. And what a thrill that had to be to play with them. And, and I was also going to ask you, Stan, I've really never asked, and by the way, uh, for people that don't get to know you, I wish they could because you're a terrific person. <laughs> you tell yeah. it like it is, and, and you've always treated me with the utmost dignity, and I will never, ever forget that. And I respect you so much. But what was it like playing in Mac Court, one of the greatest college basketball arenas ever, and you had a great career there. Uh, you, you, to me, you're the greatest Oregon Duck ever, and, and you still hold a lot Come of the Come on, records. Greg, you're getting carried away now. You're getting carried away. <laughs> no. well, I don't see anybody that's any better. <laughs> well, I, I, wasn't Ronnie Lee better? Uh, I don't think so. I think well, overall that that you were a better player and uh, you you just were better. You you could do well, it on both ends of the floor. Wasn't the guy that came down to Carmelo Eyes, Oregon? Wasn't he better? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I, I'm well. sticking with I'm sticking with Stan Love, and they're not going to change my opinion. <laughs> uh, you must be showing your age. <laughs> yeah, I am. I don't buy green bananas anymore. <laughs> To answer your question, I love playing in Mac Court. It was a very intimidating place for uh, opponents to come into. Um, I went. Uh, I would go water skiing every summer with uh, Steve Patterson and his family, and and he told me he was, you know, they'd won three national championships at UCLA, and they'd been to Notre Dame and, you know, North Carolina and do everywhere Duke, and and uh, he said he he told me that that Oregon was the most intimidated, uh, Matt Court was the most intimidating place that he played in all three years in college. So that was, Stan, that was quite a testimonial to Matt Court. Absolutely. That's a great one. And before I turn it over to Jovan for a few questions, and we'll go back and forth here. Stan, I have one more question. I saw you on the NBA League Pass about uh, two years ago, or, or maybe even last year, and after the game, the Timberwolves go on, they do a little clinic, and they oh, brought yeah. Stan yeah. out to talk about rebounding, and, and it's kind of a lost art in the game anymore. Uh, Kevin does a wonderful job, but uh, I was so impressed with the job you did teaching everybody how to rebound. Stan, how important is rebounding? Uh, I think it's the most important thing in the game. You have to have possession of the ball, either offensive rebounding or defensive rebounding. And, you know, I always have a problem with everybody saying, oh, well, Kevin needs to work on his defense. He needs to play better defense. Well, if you get 15 rebounds a game, that's playing pretty good defense, you know, in a sense. But, uh, yeah, I I enjoy uh, taking kids from – 
not knowing so much about doing something to, you know, adding all the little nuances to make their games better. Definitely, Good definitely. I'm um, Stan. This is Jovan Alfred. Yeah. I have a couple of questions. I did um, some research on you and your uh, basketball career. In college, they said they called y- the or- y'all players on the Oregon Ducks the Kamikaze Kids. Where did that come from? Well, actually, that was the next year after I left. It was uh, the comic was uh, a guy named uh, uh, Dick Harder that was a tremendous coach, and he he coached it uh, in the pros also. Um, they just played really hard. We played hard at Oregon. That's how we played. We had to scrap to try to beat those UCLA's and teams like that. We we didn't exactly get the 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 uh, A player up at Oregon, so we had to work harder. Definitely, I saw I read that consecutive years of a nineteen, I mean of a seven and nine record, and up and y'all did upset UCLA when it was number one ranked in nineteen seventy. So that had to be a big accomplishment for y'all. Yeah, yeah, we beat we beat them when I was a junior by about thirteen. They were number one in the nation, and uh, you know they had Sidney Wicks and Curtis Rowe and Henry Bibby and. Uh, they had a lot of All-Americans on that team. Of course, they were coached by John Wooden, so it, it was always fun to leave L.A. out of high school, go up to Oregon, and then compete against USC and UCLA and see if we could knock them off. That, that's great. That's great. Um, Beth, I, I looked at your NBA career, and I also saw that you played in the ABA for one season after you played with the Lakers. You played for the Spurs in the ABA. How was basketball right. different between NBA style and ABA style? Uh, well, NBA was uh, a lot more um, controlled and serious and uh, had more of a, a, a legendary you know, history to it, whereas the ABA was kind of upstart and free-flowing and run-and-gun and, and, you know, spectacular dunks. You know, Julius Irving played in the – ABA Artis Gilmore played there. There's, uh, you know, George Gervin, who, who who I got the pleasure of playing with in uh, San Antonio, the Iceman. And uh, yeah, it was just two, two different kinds of leagues. And then eventually they uh, they absorbed, I think, four or six teams. Uh, Greg probably knows more than I do on that. But um, I I think they did absorb uh, six teams. But but you know, the ABA was so much fun and so many characters, Stan. I, that, yeah, that's funny you say that because I, when we would when uh, when San Antonio would play the Kentucky Colonels, they had Dan Issel and Louis Dampier and all kinds of great players. And uh, in that wonderful game, it was so rough and tumble that I broke two ribs and broke my nose in one game. So it was a little rough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Stan, you know, you know, before we and I know we both have some questions about Kevin. Obviously, has become an NBA superstar, but I, I, I'd be remiss in not mentioning what a wonderful family that you have. Your wife Karen, uh, very right. successful in the medical field. Uh, Colin, your son, a brilliant young man, and then Emily, your daughter, who I think might be listening tonight. Uh, she's got a great uh, modeling career ahead of her, hopefully, and such a nice person and, and a wonderful family. You've got to be proud of everybody. Well, I am, you know, and that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think 
one of the most joys I've ever had in my life is having my kids and raising them and having them be what I call good good citizens of the world, you know, treat people right, and, you know, be happy, enjoy your life. And uh, Emily is actually, uh, she's in Barcelona right now, and she saw Kevin play live. She was sitting in the front row with my brother Mike, the beach boy, and uh, Pat Riley comes over and introduces himself to my brother Mike and said to Mike, I want to go to your concert tomorrow night in Barcelona. So he's taking, <laughs> they exchange numbers, and, and uh, Michael is taking Pat Riley and, and his guests to uh, my brother Mike's concert in Barcelona. They, had the, they have a concert at the same time. Well, the, uh, you know, the USA team played today, but, and then my brother plays tomorrow. How great is that? And I saw a couple of the pictures that Emily posted on Twitter uh, oh, good. On, and, yeah. and it was really some terrific pictures of, of Kevin. W- what makes Kevin successful, Stan, in your mind? And I and I know you, you're such an honest guy and candid. You can take the father hat off occasionally and put on your basketball genius hat. W- what makes him a terrific player? Well, a lot of things. <laughs> You know, it's like there's a million things to do in basketball, and he does them all. I mean, it, it, number one, he's a self-starter. It, it, you don't have to tell him to go lift weights or get up some shots or, you know, practice your footwork. or You know, he's doing all that all the time. And he's very driven, un- unbelievably driven, unbelievably uh, possessed. Uh, you know, he's he's just one of those type A personalities, you know, times ten. He's he, you know, I think he has the fear of failure, and then everybody's told him he can't do this, he can't do that, he, he can't jump, he's too slow, you know. So those are the kind of things that motivate uh, type A personalities. Yes, and, and before Javon, uh, I know I have some questions for you about Kevin. I, I just have to tell a cute story to our audience. Uh, Stan and I were talking uh, in the Memorial Coliseum, the original home of the Trailblazers, and uh, Kevin was down there at the famous Les Schwab High School Tournament. He was the ball boy. I think he was probably in about the sixth or seventh grade, and I was right. just watching him and the way he shook hands with people and said, yes, sir, no, sir, and I said, that guy is going to be an NBA superstar. He's going to be in the Olympics. He's going to be the MVP of the league, and he's going to win an NBA championship. And I'm I'm 33 percent there, so yeah. I know I'm going to get to the 100 percent mark. So, and a lot of people were laughing at me at the time. They're not laughing now. <laughs> no, it's it's like my friend Ernie Spade, a senior. Kevin was in the back of his car and. He said, well, what are you going to do, Kevin, when you grow up? And Kevin's like in the fifth or sixth grade, and he says, I'm going to be in the NBA like my dad. And and Ernie's already told, always told me, he says, you know, that that was pretty funny, but the, sad, the, the, the wonderful thing is is I believed him. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's had that dream since a very young age, and he, he accomplished it, and it takes hard work and uh, and no fear. That's what it takes. Absolutely. Jovan, fire away. 
Okay, I got some more questions for you, Stan. Um, sure. How, as a father, and as a father, and also as you did playing the NBA, how does it feel to know that your son is a is an Olympian, basically playing for the U.S. team? Well, yeah, that's that's. Uh, well, to me, it's huge because I grew up uh, with with uh, ABC Sports and Wide World of Sports, and all they had back in the day, they didn't have all these channels and all this. Um, so I was intrigued by the 68 Olympics, the 64 Olympics, and I'd watch a guy named, a Russian high jumper named Valerie Brumel would, would jump seven feet four. And in high school, I became a, a high jumper. And then my sophomore year in, in high school, I started to play basketball for the first time because my 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 coach was Jim Herrick, and he, you know, he, he bugged me until I came out for basketball because I, I guess I was six five as a sophomore, but the Olympics is 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 really 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 special. And to have Kevin, you know, he didn't play so much today, and and uh, you know, I hear some complaints from some people every once in a while. I go, what are you talking about? He's on the team with the with the ten best players in the whole world. You know, just be happy. You know, you're on the. You know, it's he's on the team. He's representing America in the Olympics, and uh, when you look at all those other guys on that team, it's the best players in the world. So I'm happy. I'm happy, too. I mean, Kevin definitely <laughs> deserves it. He's had a tremendous NBA career so far. He's been known in the past couple of years as a double-double machine, so right. he definitely deserves it. Um, well, Dick, what guys what guys need to do is they need to come to work every night. You can't, you can't, you can't play and – and uh, you know, get, have nice numbers one night, and then take the next night off. So one thing Kevin does is he comes to work every every game. Definitely, he's consistent. Twenty points, twenty right. rebounds. Take that anytime. Did Did Kevin ever ask, ask you for advice about going to the NBA? Um. Well, in a sense, he did. We kind of uh, he he did that one year down at UCLA and. You know, all the agents were suggesting that, uh, you know, he'd be top 20 or top whatever. And then so I started to make some calls, and I had Pat Riley come out to UCLA and work Kevin out and and uh, talk to Jerry West about, you know, what he thought and this and that. And so it, it all finally came back that, you know, Kevin might go top 10. And... So once once you're in a position to get drafted top ten in the NBA, you're almost forced to go because the economics are so strong. Uh, so yeah, we kicked it around, and when he we found out he'd be top ten, he was he knew he was going to go to the NBA. That's great. Um, on a uh, on a college level, did you ever persuade him to go towards Oregon? Uh, no. Because I went to Oregon, I had a pretty good career down there. I wanted him to uh, blaze his own path. He he was really fond of uh, North Carolina, um, and then you know I I have some uh, pretty pretty good entertainment friends down in L.A. that wanted him down there, um, and I didn't want him to go to North Carolina because it's too far away for the family. Um, so he, on the whole, that's you on know, my side he, of the coast. <laughs> I know. Um, 
so he he decided to stay close to home for one year and and uh, and he did well down there at UCLA. Definitely did. I remember watching him back when I was like about say fifteen, sixteen in the NCAA tournament and stuff. So <laughs> I seen him play back in college. Yeah, when I was like fifteen, so <laughs> I feel kind of old saying that. <laughs> yeah. So what? You're only twenty two now. Twenty. Twenty. <laughs> yeah, twenty going on twenty one. So. Well, there you yeah. go. That's great, man. That's great. You're doing this. And he is. He's doing a great job, Stan, and I enjoy working with him. Stan, I, I, I would take you to a little different direction now. I really like the stance you've kind of taken about AAU teams. Which, would you care to share? we got a lot of wide variety of ages listening tonight. Would you care to share a little bit about your thoughts on these AAU basketball teams and the AAU programs around the country? Well, I don't really care for it because the people that are involved in it, so a lot of the coaches, the assistant coaches, the the hanger honors, and they're always there for a reason. And the reason is I hope this kid makes it in the NBA and I can be his agent or get a kickback or get some money. And, and, and oh, by the way, if you go to this school or that school, I, I, I get paid and you know, I'm on the take from the coaches from college so I can refer you to a certain school. And it's just AAU, it's just a dirty business. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, if if a parent has a high-profile kid, then they need to go out and watch him every minute because there's an AAU coach somewhere trying to get in his pocketbook. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, Stan, <laughs> when, when you're heading over to the Olympics, and uh, and I know Jovan asked you about it, but uh, are, are you planning on taking in any other events? What would you want to go see besides Kevin Love and the USA basketball team when you're at the Olympics? Does something really pique your interest? Yeah, all of it, actually. I'd like to go see the 100-yard dash. Huh, and yeah. <laughs> and and I want to go see men's beach volleyball, and I want to go see equestrian jumpers, and uh, just enjoy the whole time. You know, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get out and see a lot of stuff. So, yeah, uh, the Olympics in gen- it's just a it's a great it's a great situation, and and you know I want everybody to you know, represent America in a, in a good light, be very, uh, very uh, competitive, but be, uh, have class about it, you know. Stan, if you could pick out one person, I'm going to put you on the spot here and you don't have to answer, but but it, one person in the game of basketball that you totally admire, not so much as maybe their knowledge or anything, but just as a person. Is there one person that you could point out to our audience that would that would really be special? Old school or new 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 modern ball? I'll give you three choices. You can you can tell us about three people. Old, new, and in between. Well, old school was a guy named Les Sunsell that I played with in Baltimore. It was MVP of the league and he would take me to all these uh, children's hospitals and he was very philanthropic, gave a lot of money at children's hospitals, uh, taught all the rookies and younger kids on the uh, team how to, how to act and give back to charity. So I really, I really dug him as a person. 
And then another guy that I liked a lot was uh, my friend Will Chamberlain. We'd, <laughs> we'd uh, you know, I'd, my brother would be playing up in Hollywood at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and I'd turn around, and there'd be Will Chamberlain sitting back there. And so he'd we'd visit, and we'd play vo- beach volleyball together. And, you know, I I, I, I figured out later that he, he liked the women. That's why he was at a Beach Boy concert. <laughs> but, but uh he was always very gracious and very nice to me. He didn't have to be. Um, he he was a good-hearted person, a good soul. And and I, I've I've told a million people. I said it's a good thing God made him nice because if he were, if he were had a chip on his shoulder, if he were mean, he, he could be a real dangerous guy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Stan, you've been great. Uh, Best of luck over in London. Best of luck to Kevin. Uh, Say hello to all your wonderful family. Uh, We'll be watching tomorrow night to see if we can see Pat Riley at the Beach Boys concert. And uh, it was so much fun having you on uh, tonight. I know Javon uh, really enjoyed it, as did I. Okay. Hey, Javon, good luck to you in your career, man. And, uh, Greg, thank you for having me, you guys, and uh, good luck on your show. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Stan. Great job. Okay. Okay, Greg. Thanks, Stan. Bye. Hey, Javon, was that fun or not? It was. It was once in a lifetime. You starstruck right now because you don't never get to talk to somebody of his stature and then with the pedigree with his son you don't you don't get that to happen a lot of times so it's, it's a great show definitely something i keep in my memory bank for a long long time well you're doing a great job and you're a very nice young man and i know stan appreciates what you're doing and uh so i think he was thrilled to be on with us as we were thrilled to have him on uh next week we're about done for tonight aren't we Yep. All right, I'll talk to you next week. All right, same time, same place, everybody. East, West, Hoops, Loop, here on Blog Talk Radio. Next week, we're definitely talking about Olympics. Everybody, thanks for listening.